We are getting news, and I don't know what to make of this. It's from the Payday Report, our friend Mike Elk over at the Payday Report. And he is now saying that GM workers are about to reject the new UAW contract. Mike Elk over at Payday Report says, quote, Now it appears increasingly likely that GM workers are poised to vote down a tentative agreement. Unquote. Mike Elk over at Payday Report, which everybody should go to, is saying that 17,000 out of 46,000 GM workers have voted so far, and 51% of all GM production workers nationwide have voted against the tentative contract. Mike Elk over at Payday Report says the no-vote movement is gaining momentum within the United Auto Workers. Mike Elk says the UAW's proposed GM contract has a 25% wage increase, but it also cuts many popular bonuses. We'll be following that story throughout the show. I recommend everybody going to Payday Report and reading Mike Elk. We'll be discussing the UAW contract negotiations, as well as other important stories. For example, ousted speaker Kevin McCarthy kidney punches one of the crazy eight. Bernie Sanders prevents an MMA fighter turned senator from dragging the head of the Teamsters onto the floor and turning the rotunda into an octagon. Speaker Mike Johnson passes a bill to keep the government open, but with more Democrats voting for it than Republicans. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee tells Congressman Jared Moskowitz he looks like a smurf. October inflation numbers are down. So why aren't Joe Biden's numbers up? Why? These are some of the things we're going to talk about this morning. It's the mop up for November 15th, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Please like this episode so I remain in your feed. Subscribe to my newsletter and my channel. And please share this with a friend. We'll be talking about Mark Wayne Mullen, the senator, in a little while. I have some thoughts on this quote-unquote man. But first, the American Medical Association on Tuesday urged health insurance companies to cover the costs for the latest class of weight loss drugs that have been approved by the FDA. Many doctors think these new weight loss drugs hold the key to curing obesity. Nearly half of all Americans are considered obese, and with obesity comes heart disease, diabetes, sleep disorders, and chronic illness that makes life increasingly difficult. Medicare right now specifically forbids the reimbursement uh, to patients for any weight loss treatments. But the consensus seems to be among doctors that this new class of weight loss drugs, if you take them over, say, a four-month period, these drugs not only help you shed massive amounts of weight, 
but they also can bring down cholesterol as well as your blood pressure and can help in the prevention of diabetes. Ten years ago, the American Medical Association passed a resolution listing obesity as a disease. This new class of drugs targets the appetite, allowing patients to feel full longer and crave smaller meals, which some say spells doom for the fast food industry. I'm not a shill for the pharmaceutical industry. I don't trust any drugs. But what I'm reading and what I'm being told is the, this new class of obesity drugs uh, could be prescribed the way they prescribe Lipitor in the next five years. So it's something to keep an eye on. Good economic news for Joe Biden. The October inflation numbers are out and inflation stayed steady at an annualized rate of 3.2%. This is the slowest rise in prices in the past two years, and it's leading many to believe the Federal Reserve is done raising interest rates in its attempt to slow down the economy. Some things to keep in mind with these pretty impressive inflation numbers. No matter how many times the Fed has raised interest rates, the economy refused to slow down. It's a juggernaut. Last quarter saw a jaw-dropping 5% growth in our GDP with unemployment at sustained record lows. This is like below 4% consistently for two years. We haven't seen this since the 1960s. What we are experiencing right now is incredible fiscal stimulus coming from the Biden administration, from the Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIPS Act, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. Under Joe Biden, the federal government has been pumping money into our economy. And despite all the warnings about inflation, inflation appears to be negligible. It also suggests that the Fed raising interest rates might have little to do with taming inflation and more to do with increasing profits for the banks. By every yardstick, Bidenomics is not just working, it's incredibly successful. Joe Biden has created more jobs than any American president in American history, whereas Donald Trump lost more jobs than any president since Herbert Hoover since the Great Depression. Now, this is an incredibly successful economy, but only for the 40% of Americans who actually vote. That's These yardsticks are slanted, geared towards the 40% of the Americans who, who vote. People are falling through the cracks right now. But that's only because of Democrats like Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and the entire Re Republican Party, which continues to block real progressive change. So, listen, I wanted Bernie, but Joe Biden has a record to run on if you're not being evicted, if you're not living in your car, if you have a job, 
if you're one of the 40% of Americans who actually vote, Joe Biden has a record to run on. On Tuesday, President Biden rolled out $6 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act that has been earmarked to help cities prepare themselves for extreme weather. It is now estimated that severe weather is costing the United States $150 billion a year. King Charles turned 75 on Tuesday. Buckingham Palace says the king had dinner with close friends right after receiving birthday wishes from William and Harry, who play the role of his sons. A Michigan judge ruled that Michigan's Secretary of State lacks the authority to remove Donald Trump's name from the 2024 ballot. The plaintiffs who filed this lawsuit said they will appeal the decision before the state Supreme Court. They filed the lawsuit citing Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which forbids anyone who swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and then participated in an insurrection from ever holding elective office again. A similar lawsuit is moving through the Colorado courts. And last week, Minnesota Supreme Court refused to remove Trump's name. It is generally assumed that all these lawsuits will be bundled together and make their way to the United States Supreme Court sooner than later. Special counsel Jack Smith, who is putting Donald Trump on trial in Washington, D.C., for the role Trump played in the lead up to January 6, asked an appeals judge on Monday to unfreeze a gag order placed on the former president to prevent him from attacking the judge in this case, witnesses and the prosecutors. On Monday, the special counsel, Jack Smith, told the judge that Donald Trump over the weekend went beyond attacking just the special counsel. He is now taken to attacking the special counsel's family. So I'm going to talk about Mark Wayne Mullen, what went on in the House of Representatives and political violence in this post-January 6th political landscape. The man accused of breaking into former Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home and bludgeoning her husband with a hammer went on trial inside a federal courtroom on Tuesday. While testifying, the 43-year-old defendant said he attacked Pelosi because he was listening to right-wing radio shows and podcasts in search of the truth and trying to root out evil. Among the podcasts and radio shows he said he listened to were Glenn Beck and Tim Poole. If you don't know who Tim Poole is, you have no idea how lucky you are. The defendant said by breaking into the Pelosi's home, he was hoping to put an end to the child sex trafficking he had heard about on various right-wing websites. He then broke down in tears. I'm going to be talking about violence, political violence today. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, throughout her three years in Congress, has spread many conspiracy theories emanating from QAnon. This was a bad week for Marjorie Taylor Greene. First, it became apparent that her articles of impeachment for Joe Biden are not going to be coming to fruition anytime soon. 
Then, on Monday, she introduced articles of impeachment for the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Congress voted to bury it. They just said, we're going to stick it on a committee for further study. Green was furious. She said she expects Republican voters to punish these uh, House Republicans uh, because House Republicans fail to keep their promises. Well, Daryl Issa is a House veteran, and he was one of the Republicans who voted on Monday to quash Green's impeachment plan. He tried to explain why a full vote on impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, why it just couldn't be done. He said it would be impossible at this time to just put the motion on the floor for an up or down vote. Issa said, quote, I believe she, Marjorie Taylor Greene, lacks the maturity and the experience to understand what she was asking for and how ill-prepared we would have been to do it on short notice on the floor. Marjorie Taylor Greene responded to Daryl Issa's comments by telling reporters that Daryl Issa is, quote, a pussy and he has no balls, unquote. This is, I'm going to talk about Senator Mark Wayne Mullen and Sean O'Brien from the Teamsters and what, how a Senate hearing devolved into a, almost a fistfight on Tuesday. But James Comer is the Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He's one of the three committee chairs assigned by then Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy to look into the impeachment of Joe Biden. Now, Comer has intimated that the investigation into impeaching Joe Biden is pretty much winding down and there's really no evidence. But that doesn't stop him from playing to his base and claiming incessantly there's plenty of evidence. Now, some of that evidence, he insists, are these checks written to Joe Biden by his brother Jimmy, who Comer says traded off the then vice president's name and influence, right? Jared Moskowitz is a Florida Democrat who serves on the House Oversight Committee, and he butted heads with the chairman, Chairman Comer, on Tuesday over new revelations that the chairman, James Comer, might have hidden a $200,000 loan to his own brother. So the accusation is everything you say about Jimmy Biden applies to you. And things got heated between Jared Moskowitz, Democrat from Florida, and James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. At one point, Comer, the chair, accused Moskowitz of looking like a smurf. It's funny, but in this post-January 6th climate, it's not. Here is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee getting into it with Moskowitz, Jared Moskowitz, by first going after freshman Democrat Dan Goldman, who Comer calls a trust fund baby. Despite, well, Goldman is a trust fund baby. Uh, but he also spent 10 years prosecuting organized crime as an assistant United States attorney in the prestigious Southern District of New York. He's a pretty 
powerful mind, Dan Goldman, and he's a big defender of Joe Biden. Here's Moskowitz and Comer going at it. But you and Goldman, who is Mr. Trust Fund, continue to try to... Reclaiming my time. No, I'm not going to give you your time back. We can stop the clock. You all continue to, you look like a smurf here just going around and all this stuff. Now, listen. Mr. Chairman, you no, have. No, I'm going to tell you no, no, something. Hold on. If we're, you if we're not on time, we you, disinformation. You, you, you have you gone on TV and said the president did something you illegal. You're doing stuff with your brother. The American people have the same questions. Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? There's a different rule for the president. There's a different rule for you. Why should they believe what you're saying, Mr. Chairman? Why? You go on Fox News and say loans you and deals are a way to evade taxes. We don't know that's what you're doing or not. We don't know. We have no idea. We're supposed to take your word for it. But when the president well, you've says already something, been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. What's that? You've already been proven a liar. Today. Who's proven me a liar? You? Yes. Your word means well, nothing, up, Mr. Come, Chairman. Go to my hometown. There's a camera crew there today, an opposition research crew there today. Mr. To Chairman, this seems, to have gotten under your, this seems to have gotten under your skin. I'll pay I mean, for your I, ticket. I, I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I, would, I will be questions. happy. It's political theater that benefits nobody other than these two clowns. They raise money off this. Florida Congressman Matt Gates succeeded last month in removing Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Since then, on several occasions, Kevin McCarthy has reportedly screamed at Matt Gates in meetings of the Republican conference, with some suggesting they almost came to blows. On Tuesday, Matt Gates filed an ethics complaint against Kevin McCarthy after McCarthy was accused of elbowing Tennessee Republican Tim Boucher in the kidney. Boucher was one of eight Republicans who voted to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. If you remember, Boucher received a call from McCarthy the night before the big vote, and McCarthy asked Boucher to vote for him, not against him. And Boucher told McCarthy he hasn't made up his mind yet, and he's still praying on it. According to Boucher, after he told McCarthy that he was still praying on it, McCarthy, to his credit, started to laugh at him and then mocked his religious beliefs so viciously, Boucher said he decided that he could never vote for McCarthy to remain a speaker. Here is a clearly depressed Kevin McCarthy being told that Matt Gates. this is on Tuesday, after he allegedly elbowed Tim Boucher in the kidneys. Here is a clearly gaunt, broken and lost Kevin McCarthy being told Matt Gates has filed an ethics complaint against him. Can Congressman Gates, though, is filing or uh, committing, submitting a complaint to the ethics committee oh, over this, this issue. Do you have any response to Congressman Gates? No, I, I think ethics is a good place for Gates to be. <laughs> so, I mean, I think ethics is a good place for Gates to be. McCarthy, uh, once again, referencing an ethics investigation into allegations involving Matt Gates that perhaps involve, we've heard, let's just say girls who are not 21, younger than 21, maybe the Mann Act, maybe 
maybe sex, maybe drugs, maybe pornography. Now, McCarthy has fallen hard. He was third in line to the presidency. He was the speaker. And with that came all the accoutrements of power. Now he's been relegated to being a backbencher left out of the legislative branches inner sanctum. It's not just that nobody consults him anymore. He's radioactive and he knows it. People do not want to be near him. And he's realized that nobody really liked him. They just feared his power. So, as Howie Klein from Down With Tyranny said two years ago, all Kevin McCarthy ever wanted was to be speaker. It's all he ever wanted. And he didn't even last a year. He refuses to take any responsibility for his downfall. In interview after interview, Kevin McCarthy blames the crazy eight, the eight Republicans who voted against him. He fails to recognize that his entire Republican caucus would have would have voted against him if they had the spine. He is a broken man, and deservedly so. He is gaunt, pale, hollow, and he deserves to be in the deep emotional abyss he finds himself swimming in right now. He deserves everything that's happened to him. He refused to certify the election for Joe Biden, as minority leader, he tried to block Republicans from serving on the January 6th committee. He censured Adam Schiff, and he opened up an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden based on the flimsiest of evidence. It should come as no surprise that a man who lied about January 6th, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Adam Schiff, and of course, Obamacare, it should come as no surprise that he would also have no trouble lying to his own caucus. He's a degenerate, inveterate liar. If you ask most Republicans, the one word to describe Kevin McCarthy is liar. And now, He's denying that he elbowed Tennessee Republican Tim Boucher in the kidney while Boucher was conducting an interview with NPR. Now, McCarthy has already said he can't stand Boucher because Boucher was one of the crazy eight who voted against him. And McCarthy accuses Boucher of always trying to steal the limelight. He says he loves talking to the media. And Boucher is annoying. He's a, he has this laconic cadence dripping of Southern hospitality. But there's nothing hospitable about this guy. He's against gun control. He's against an assault weapons ban. He's against Obamacare. And he refused to certify the election for Joe Biden. He's an election denier. Here he is describing the assault on his kidney Here he is describing the assault on his kidney. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR, a, a lovely lady, and she was asking me a question. And, and at that time, I uh, got elbowed in the back 
and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys and I turned back and there was there was Kevin and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened and then I um, you know I, I chased after him of course he's a as I've stated many times he's a he's a bully with 17 million dollars in a security detail you know he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt and he just you know he he uh, from behind that kind of stuff it you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we, if we have a problem with somebody, I'm going to look him in the eye and, and talk to him. Okay. He's going to look him in the eye. He's a bully who throws a rock and then hides behind his mother's skirt. Yeah, like every other Republican in the caucus, including Tim Boucher. Kevin McCarthy later left and denied he elbowed Boucher. He said it was a tight hallway. McCarthy is a high school football player or was a high school football player who obviously thinks he's still back in high school. I mean, this is all high school stuff. And he added, uh, I don't need to elbow someone and walk away. If I wanted to punch Boucher, I'd punch him and he'd know it. This is. This is our Congress. This is not funny. It really isn't funny. Uh, in this post-January 6th landscape, it's horrifying. Ken Buck of Colorado said of McCarthy denying that he elbowed Boucher in the kidney, he said, lying and Kevin McCarthy are like peanut butter and jelly. He's a liar and he's conceited. It's like high school. You know who really likes you? Jim Jordan. Boucher said, I can still feel it. It was a clean shot to the kidney. Did you uh, pray on it? Uh, yeah, real painful. Uh, so painful that he can only do 100 interviews to talk about it. This is high school. It's just teenagers with no real responsibilities and too much time on their hands. And this is a, re a recipe for mischief. Now, I want you to take a look at Jared Moskowitz, who earlier was baiting the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Here he is running up to Tim Boucher and pretending to, to punch him. Okay. All right, I'll let you go. I just want to talk to you as well. Thanks, Thanks, for, for, sure. Thanks for your time. <laughs> as you can hear, the, uh, <laughs> since we weren't able to get into that. So, you know, that's kind of, you know... It's theatrics. Jared is a Democrat from Florida. Boucher is from Tennessee. He's a Republican. And they're just wrestling. This is stuff that I did when I was 10 with guys. The budget hasn't been passed. There's climate catastrophe, people living on the streets. We have an eviction crisis. Hamas, Israel, Ukraine. And this is what they're doing. OK, so they're playing. They're playing. Boucher is playing the victim. It's theatrics. Kevin McCarthy didn't cripple him. He elbowed him. Maybe, maybe not. I think Boucher is a bit of a, a nut job. Uh, I prayed on that, and I came to that conclusion about Tim Boucher. I don't know who to believe. I mean, you know, which prick do you believe, Boucher or uh, Kevin McCarthy? They're both a-holes. Now, but they're playing. It's theatrics. Comer and Moskowitz are playing. 
Kevin McCarthy and Boucher, they're kind of playing. They mean it, but they're it's it's within the confines of human decency. Now we come to Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, who falls stray of the confines of decency. One of the things I've learned is there are people who like to play, who enjoy the theatrics of politics. Uh, They like to pretend to fight, not just politics, just in life in general, pretend arguments. And then there are the people like Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma. Now, I've had my share of kittens and puppies, too many, quite frankly. But one of the things I love to do with kittens and puppies is to pretend fight with them. You know, you wrestle with your hand and they, kittens and puppies, they'll bite on your hand and it feels fantastic. There's nothing more delicious than a puppy or a kitten on its back, you know, outstretched claws, or if it's a dog, just chewing on your hand and it just feel the pretend fighting it for me has always been delicious and they pretend to fight they pretend to bite you but they never pierce any skin and it feels great it's contact with a living thing in the context of play fighting and then there is that occasional kitten or puppy that pierces the skin that doesn't know how to play there's something wrong in this puppy's or kitten's hardware. They don't understand what play means, and they draw blood. I'm talking also about Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, because I know people like this, people who you think you're playing with, and then they either punch you or scream at you or stop talking to you. They're damaged, like Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, very damaged Man, they go from zero to 60 in one second. Now, Republican senator from Oklahoma, Mark Wayne Mullen, is obviously clearly in need of analysis. Like Jim Jordan, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen uh, likes to show up to hearings without his jacket on, just his form-fitting shirt that accentuates the hours he spends in the gym, overcompensating for Lord knows what, but I think I have a rough idea. We, we have to see the pecs on this guy. Now, Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma has a very violent chip on his shoulder. It screams inadequacy. When you hear Mark Wayne Mullen speak, He's the subtext of everything that comes out of his mouth is, I feel inadequate. Maybe it's because he's the only United States senator who's never graduated from college. That should be something to be proud of. I think that's a badge of honor not to graduate from college and make it all the way to uh, United States Senate. But for Mark Wayne Mullen, it's kind of embarrassing because he's stupid. So it's, it's one thing not to graduate from college and to be an autodidact and be really intelligent. 
But if you're Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma and you didn't graduate from college, your sense of inadequacy is probably the most intelligent assessment you've made. You are inadequate. You're stupid. You're Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma, which, well, we don't need to talk about Oklahoma. So he screams inadequacy, weakness. And uh, why? Well, maybe it's because instead of making it on his own, he went into his daddy's plumbing business. And yes, he made a fortune in his daddy's business, but in the back of his tiny mind, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen knows he didn't do it on his own. He inherited daddy's business. He needed his daddy. He's not a self-made man. And by the way, he talks and acts. It looks and sounds like he doubts whether or not he really is a man. Mullen struts the world like a colossus, at least he thinks so, but he never served in the military. Talks tough, though. And at one time, he was an MMA fighter. Can't wait to tell you that he was an MMA fighter. Right there. You know, Joe Rogan inadequacy. According to The Guardian, Mark Wayne Mullen lies about his MMA record. Well, of course he would. He's a Republican. He claims he's undefeated with a record of five and zero. That's a lie. The truth is he only has a total of three wins, and two of those were against the same guy. The Guardian says his cumulative fight time for Mark, Mullins, Mark Wayne Mullen's entire MMA career 10 minutes, three rounds. But he can't wait to talk about the cage or the octagon. Three wins in three rounds, 10 minutes, twice against the same guy. Mullen brags that he was an MMA fighter. What he doesn't realize that being an MMA fighter is nothing to brag about. Being an MMA fighter is a policy failure. It means society failed because Mark Mullen failed. He became an MMA fighter. He's a failure for being an MMA fighter. And it's a policy failure when somebody becomes an MMA fighter. The fact that an adult turns to mixed martial arts means we, as a society, failed Mark Wayne Mullen. We didn't provide him with the right education, the proper parenting, the, the nurturing he needed. He was not given moral guidance. He obviously needed some kind of psychological help to deal with his rage issues. We, as a society, failed Mark Wayne Mullen. He is a policy failure, Mark Wayne Mullen. That's why he became a mixed martial arts fighter. And it's why he became a Republican. And it's why he had to go into his daddy's plumbing business. He is a failure. And we let him down as a society. 
He never learned to channel his rage into something productive, something that helps people. Mark Wayne Mullen, of course, is everything you'd expect politically. He's an election denier who looks up to Donald Trump because bullies gravitate to other bullies. He wants to outlaw abortion with no exceptions, including rape and incest, which I'm pretty sure is his playlist on Pornhub. During a campaign debate, he said that if his wife's life were at risk during a pregnancy, he wouldn't want her to get an abortion to save her life. Sounds like a loving relationship. Obviously, Mark Wayne Mullen, who is a failure, a policy failure and a failure as a human being, he wants to ban transgender athletes from competing in school sports. He is a first-term senator from Oklahoma, used to be a congressman, and to his credit, in his Oklahoma primary, he defeated Scott Pruitt, who served as Donald Trump's head of the Environmental Protection Agency. So he does deserve credit for that. But Mark Wayne Mullen, senator from Oklahoma, policy failure, voted against President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness legislation. Uh, he's a, the only college dropout in the Senate, the only college dropout. And he voted against President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness legislation. The White House, Joe Biden's White House, responded to Mark Wayne Mullen's vote against student loan forgiveness by pointing out that Mark Wayne Mullen's plumbing company, the one he you know, his daddy's plumbing company, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen's plumbing company received a $1.4 million Paycheck Protection Act loan forgiveness. Even though Mark Wayne Mullen has an estimated net worth of roughly $50 million from taking over his father's plumbing business because Mark Wayne Mullen is a failure as a human being and could never start his own business. He could only go into his daddy's business. After being outed as a Paycheck Protection Loan weasel, Mullen voted against the Truth Act, which would have created a public database of companies that receive Paycheck Protection Loan forgiveness. Mullen, Mark Wayne Mullen, senator from Oklahoma, if that really is a state, Mark Wayne Mullen is decidedly anti-union and serves on Bernie Sanders' Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, of which Mullen is opposed to all four, health, education, labor, and pensions. He has shown himself to be disrespectful to Bernie Sanders. Well, of course he would be. Uh, he's, I've watched the hearings where he accused Bernie of being a hypocrite because Bernie says he's a socialist, but he's got two vacation homes. Well, if Mark Wayne Mullen, failure, dropout, ever read a book, he would know that there's nothing hypocritical at all about socialists having two houses. Nothing whatsoever. 
Over the, su- uh, the summer, Mark Wayne Mullen got into it during one of Bernie's hearings with Sean O'Brien, the head of the Teamsters. So I'm going to show you the tweet that the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, sent to Mark Wayne Mullen. And you tell me if this was excessive. So this is from Sean M. O'Brien. He's head of the Teamsters. His handle on Twitter is Teamster SOB. Okay, so a little problematic right there. This is what he writes. Greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made, right? So he's making fun of the fact that Mark Wayne Mullen, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, took over his daddy's plumbing business. Greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. In reality, just a clown and fraud. Okay, so far so good. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in the Senate hearings you know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. And then he crosses the line. Hashtag little man syndrome. Hashtag little man syndrome. This is the head of the Teamsters saying that Mark Wayne Mullen, the senator, has little man syndrome. And then he attaches to the tweet, a picture of Mark Wayne Mullen uh, during a primary debate last year, standing behind a podium and needing to add about, oh, I don't know, four or five inches by standing on a box behind the podium to look as tall as his opponent. So... I'm going to be honest with you about this. I do not, I don't know if I told you, but I do not like or respect Mark Wayne Mullen. I think he's a policy failure. I think he needs help. I think there's something seriously, his anger issues and his ideologies are one and the same, and he's everything that's wrong with America. Uh, But for the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, to go this low, to provoke a United States senator accusing him of short man syndrome, showing a picture of Mark Wayne Mullen standing on a box so he can look taller behind the podium, I think it's unbecoming. I do. I understand O'Brien is trying to recapture the glory days of the Teamsters when Hoffa ran it, when the Teamsters was mobbed up and the union was just as crooked as the companies whose products they transported. It was a glorious time. Uh, Unions were powerful. They could the Teamsters could shut down America. They still could, actually. Um. So I I just think short man complex, uh, you know, a lot of people complained on yesterday's show that I went after Chris Christie, did an obvious joke, and I justify it by saying he's a bully. Uh, But I was wrong. I know, you know, uh, 
it's wrong to do that. Even even to go after bullies, uh, it's wrong. And uh, maybe Sean O'Brien, the head of the Teamsters, is right. Maybe the reason Mark Wayne Mullen has a screw loose and likes to tell everyone he was an MMA fighter is because he thinks he's short. He thinks people pick on him because he's short. That that may be the truth. Uh, but who is the head of the Teamsters serving by pointing that out? He's not helping the Teamsters. He's just showing that he can be just as big a bully as Mark Wayne Mullen. And I don't think that helps the union movement. Uh, Mark Wayne Mullen is a bad guy. You can get him on his hypocrisy. You don't need to go after him because you think he's insecure about his height. Right? The same way I don't need to go after Chris Christie for his issues. Although I do, I, I, there, is a re, there is a thing about food stamps and telling people to control their appetites and his policies contradict his own appetites. So I don't want to discuss that now. Uh, so you've got the head of the team, Sir Sean O'Brien, testifying before Bernie's committee. And as you can imagine, because of this tweet, Mullen was waiting for Sean O'Brien. And uh, Mullen, Mark Wayne Mullen, took exception to the head of the team, Sir Sean O'Brien, pointing out in that tweet that Mullen inherited his father's plumbing company. O'Brien, that of the Teamsters, accused Mark Wayne Mullen of acting like he's a self-made man instead of having his daddy's business handed to him. So I agree with that. I have no problem with going after uh, the, the children of the privileged. But listen to Mark Wayne Mullen uh, defending himself during a Senate hearing that's supposed to be about unions. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish he was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act and these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. <laughs> Is that your solution every poll? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Schiff. it. Hold it. If hold we can, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. Okay. This is a great tableau in anger. You have three angry men. You have Sean O'Brien, head of the Teamsters, Mark Wayne Mullen, a United States senator who is obviously upset for being told he's short and that he inherited his daddy's company. And then 
there is the miracle of democracy, Bernie Sanders, who is angrier than the both of them combined. But Bernie doesn't resort to violence. He channels his anger into love. He's angry about injustice. He's angry because he knows right from wrong. And he takes that anger and puts it to good use by fighting, not in the octagon, but by fighting the important fights. He fights for Medicare for all, unions, free daycare, free tuition at all public universities, free dental, free eye care, et cetera, et cetera. He's not fighting to prove how tough he is because Bernie Sanders doesn't need to prove to anybody how tough he is. Bernie is angry, but he leads with love. I don't get that off Mark Wayne Mullen. And sadly, I'm not getting it from the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien. The difference between Bernie and these two other limp dicks is Bernie knows what he wants. He knows why he's there and he knows who he's fighting for. Mark Wayne Mullen and unfortunately the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, are trying to prove something to themselves. And a little, they're trying to prove a little to the people they supposedly represent. Mark Wayne Mullen and Sean O'Brien mistakenly believe their constituents want to see a leader who's tough, who fights. But Mark Wayne Mullen and Sean O'Brien are tough for themselves. They fight for themselves. You need to fight for your constituents. Your constituents don't care whether you're a fighter or Mahatma Gandhi. They want to be able to pay their effing bills. They want health care, good schools. These two, Mark Wayne Mullen and Sean O'Brien, aren't fighting for the people who voted for them. So why are they fighting? Why is Mark Wayne Mullen and, and Sean O'Brien looking for a fight? Because they're scared. And what are they scared about? That they don't measure up. They're scared because both of them know they're failing. So they talk tough and continue to talk tough. And it got even worse. More from Senator Bernie Sanders hearings. Come on. He said after he got elected was he wanted to bring the mob mentality back to the Teamsters. This is your guy. And you're he, obviously going to give him a he, chance to respond can, to your oh, question. Absolutely, because absolutely, this is my question. Because you called me out. I didn't call you out. Did. You said any time, any place. That's, That's that. Uh, let's get the record okay. straight. Miss, hold it. No. Hold on. Mr. Senator Mullen, do you have a question for the witness? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's hear it. So, anytime, any place. No, that's April, not. April is a charity event. No, that's not. That's no, not. No, no it's a. He, no. Sir, we, he said it, and this is my He is here to tell. No. parameters on what the questions can or cannot be asked, and I'll ask No, you're not going to. We're not going to be talking about yeah, physical confrontation. Oh, this is about charity. For a union charity, because this, this is for firefighters. Do you have a question April, on his testimony? April, 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 April,
I, Senator Mullen, you made some charges. Charges? Mr. Mr. O'Brien, do you want to respond to the question? Yeah, go ahead, questions? please. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality of it is, you Except know, my challenge Mr. Mr. Tough Mr. Mullen, <laughs> tough guy. Answer, yeah. hold it. Answer the questions. All right, you all want, if I, he, he made a lot of statements, right? And his statements are fiction at best. Fiction, I read them. Can he where, where, where? What? I'll answer the question, please. I can't understand him, to be honest with you. All right. He rambles so much. What was your question, actually? Except my, well, you said I made a lot of statements. No, but what's your question? I don't understand your question. Could you repeat it? You said any time, any place. What's your question? Accept the challenge. What challenge? You said any time, any place. I'm accepting yours, so why don't you come What back? challenge? What challenge are you talking April about? April 30th. How about we do it for a charity at the Smoking Guns in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No, we're not going to be what talking about challenge? physical confrontations here. You want to fight me? What do you say by any time, any place? Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh, uh, that's what you said. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right. Well, let's say I don't have coffee. Let's I'd do it. To. All right. I'd love to. But do the, it. It's funny how you're back. Okay. Out. Well, I don't back on anything. You did. You're right. the one. You're a 100. Senator. Uh, should be the most influential people in this country making changes. You're focused on. Okay. You're focused on debate that's not even relevant. You're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment. An embarrassment to the state of Oklahoma. This hearing is about the condition of the working class in America. That's why we're talking. You're the biggest thug here. You brought him in. You're the biggest thug. Even your colleagues call you. Why you do what you do? Senator Thank you very much, Mr. Senator Chair. Hassan, Senator Mullen, please yield up. So in the post-January 6th landscape, this is not funny. Uh, there's going to be more of this. Anybody who's ever had sons and daughters, this just reminds me of my sons uh, driving home from a soccer game and this, the level of maturity, it would have been funny on January 5th, 2021, not funny anymore. This breeds more of this type of behavior. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are funny until they start sitting on committees and get rewarded for this kind of behavior. Now, I don't like... Obviously, Mark Wayne Mullen, he's anti-union, decidedly so. But again, let's take a look at this tweet that the head of a union, the head of the Teamsters, sent to him. They had gone at it over the summer in a hearing. Greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made, in reality, just a clown and fraud, always has been, always will be, quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings you know where to find me. Any place, anytime, cowboy, hashtag, little man syndrome. Any place, anytime, cowboy, hashtag, little man syndrome. And then he includes this picture. This is, right, of Mark Wayne Mullen behind a podium on a box trying to add five inches. So, nothing justifies violence, okay? Nothing ever justifies violence, okay? But Sean O'Brien is no saint. Now, I don't need a saint representing my union. I just don't know if this is effective for my union, if, if my union head were doing this, the first thing I'd be thinking is, 
How does this affect my health care? Does this get me more money? I don't need to go, oh, my union head is tough. I need him fighting for me, not his own self-aggrandizement. People who have to act like they're tough aren't tough. Mark Wayne Mullen isn't tough. And sadly, I think the head of the Teamsters isn't so tough. It's the quiet ones who are the toughest, okay? So, of course, Mark Wayne Mullen started to make the rounds Tuesday night. He almost got into a fight. Media loves that. It's violence. And, of course, the entire message of Bernie Sanders' hearings was completely lost. Does anybody even know what these hearings were about? It was, it was a hearing on unions standing up to corporate greed. Sean Fain, the president of the United Auto Workers, were there. We just found out at the top of the show that his contract with GM might not be approved by the workers. You would, it would be nice for everybody, including me, to be talking about that instead of a fistfight that didn't even happen. You had the president of the United Auto Workers there. You had Sarah Nelson, the president of the Flight Attendance Union. She was also testifying. But nobody remembers that. Bernie, during these hearings, talked about how the average worker is making $50 a week less adjusted for inflation than they did 50 years ago. Bernie talked about the 60% of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck, many of whom earn starvation wages. Why? Because of the decline in union membership. No, we didn't hear about that. We heard about a potential fight because, you know, they really don't want to talk about uh, corporate greed in, in um, MSNBC. Well, they do. They actually do. I've heard them do some stories about unions lately. Uh, Bernie talked about $50 trillion in wealth being transferred from the 99% to the richest 1% since 1975. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. Nobody, we didn't hear the good news. Union membership under Joe Biden last year increased for the first time. 273,000 New union members last year. Uh, 70%, Bernie said, 70% of Americans now approve of unions. That's the highest number since the 1960s. That's not going to be reported. Nobody's going to discuss that from the hearings. All anybody is going to remember is Sean Wayne Mullen or Mark Wayne Mullen wanted to punch uh, Sean O'Brien, the head of the Teamsters. And both of them <clears throat> will raise money off this. Here is Mullen, Mark Wayne Mullen, on Newsmax. They love him, right? Put, put the fighter on so you don't have to discuss uh, the shutdown that didn't happen or what the hearings were actually about. Are there any... Actual Senate rules that if two consenting adults want to duke it out. I mean, we had a United States congressman pull a tooth on the House floor once. There's no rules about that. Could you guys go bare knuckle if you wanted to? 
Just the rules well, we looked into them. the rules, and you know, you used to be able to cane. You got to remember President Andrew Jackson uh, challenged nine guys to a duel and won nine times. And a White House <laughs> dinner one time, a guy was mouthing him at the end of the table. Jackson jumped up, literally ran across the table, and knocked the guy out. Um, and so at the end of the day, there is presence for it if that's what someone wants to do. There's a precedence for that, for duels. Uh, nobody tells you they, well, I guess if you read a book, you know that duels have been outlawed. Andrew Jackson, Trails of Tears, Andrew Jackson, the genocidal maniac, Andrew Jackson. There's precedent. If that's what somebody wants to do, there's precedent. Hey, ethnically cleansing Native Americans is also what Jackson is remembered for. And there's there's precedent for that. If, if it's something somebody wants to do. Mark Wayne Mullen... This is brawn over brain. This is what happens. This is a Republican Party that celebrates brawn over brain. And this is what you end up with. Bad, bad guy, policy failure. He's a failure. Mark Wayne Mullen, here he is on Fox News. He's a he's a big shot now. The guy came out and, and said he wanted to bring the mob mentality back to the Teamsters. Well, if you're going to bring that back, I guess you got to have this tough guy act. And that's what he thought he was going to do with me. The problem is, is that's not how we behave in Oklahoma. You know, some people say, is this behavior incumbent to a Senate, uh, to a senator? I, I don't know, but I will tell you this for sure. Um, that's not how we behave in Oklahoma. And I'm Oklahoman first. And so if you're going to run your mouth, you're going to be called out on it. And that's what happened here. How did you think it was going to go? Is there anything, Senator, that we did not see on camera? Yeah, the fear in his eyes when I stood up. He, 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 was, he was scared out of his mind uh, because he was very thankful that Bernie Sanders stopped us. After he said, okay, we can do it now, I thought, great, this is going to be a great day. I mean, no offense, but I really wasn't worried about the fight itself, uh, but I was ready to shut his mouth up. This guy, you can't continue to do this stuff. Too many times people, um, they, they get real tough on a keyboard because of social media, but when they get called on it, they actually may learn lessons. So maybe he learned a lesson because afterwards he was backpedaling saying, hey, listen, this is what I'm mad. I, let's go get a cup of coffee. Fine, if you want to have a cup of coffee. I fought a lot of guys in the cage and, and, uh, and competed a lot of times on the mat in jiu-jitsu and wrestling, and I'm good friends with the match words. We can shake hands and move on. We may be able to put this to bed, but I guarantee it won't run his mouth to me again. So now people watch this and think it's interesting as opposed to dangerous. This is the precedent. This is the dangerous precedent. He's setting a dangerous precedent. Uh, he talks about fighting in the octagon. Uh, in this post-January 6th landscape where Republicans think might makes right, very dangerous. Here is more of this fool. And keep in mind, too, this isn't anything new. Andrew Jackson uh, challenged two people or nine people to a duel when he was president, and he also knocked one guy out at a, at a White House dinner. There's been canings before in the, in the Senate, too. Maybe we should bring some of that back. There were canings in the Senate, too, that led to the Civil War. Some, I think it was Sumner uh, was, was a senator, I think, and uh, he was an abolitionist, and some slaveholder serving uh, from the South caned him, and he, he lived but never really recovered, and then we have the Civil War. So, yes, you 
uneducated fool, there is precedent for what you've done. I'm going to play the whole clip. He just said, bring back canings. And it sounds like I'm being selective and I'm just, I'm going to play the whole thing. Now, I know he's trying to raise money, but uh, this is what he said in the entirety. And keep in mind, too, this isn't anything new. Andrew Jackson uh, challenged two people or nine people to a duel when he was president, and he also knocked one guy out at a, at a White House dinner. There's been canings before in the, in the Senate, too. Maybe we should bring some of that back, and it'll keep people from thinking they're so tough and make us sit at a table, and we can actually work out our differences without poking at each other and, and, and want to run to cameras and call people names. Maybe if we, if we have some type of respect because we know there's going to be consequences for your actions, then maybe we can move move on with all this, I don't know, jargon that happens around this place. Yeah, the government is almost shut down yesterday, but there are morons watching Fox News. I like this guy. He speaks to me. These are the issues I care about. I get bullied all the time at work and I'd like to punch somebody, but you're not allowed to. This guy speaks like there's no policy. It's just sizzle with nothing to eat. Nothing good. Nothing. This is really bad. This guy's a really bad guy. It's a bad precedent. Uh, so on Tuesday, while Mark Wayne Mullen is overcompensating for whatever and talking about how we should bring back caning, the government narrowly averted a government shutdown. You know, the nuts and bolts of our democracy, the budget was being hashed out while all this nonsense is going on. They're deciding who gets food stamps, who doesn't. Lives are on the line. When you're figuring out the budget, this is really who lives and who dies. But Mark Wayne Mullen, he didn't come to Washington to help people. He came to help himself. And he's too stupid to understand the nuances of budgeting. They wouldn't trust him with an appropriations bill. He, so, and he knows that. He came to Washington to help himself to get attention and break things. He came to Washington to break things and break people. And while Mark Wayne Mullen was busy grandstanding, showing, trying to prove to himself and others how tough he is, uh, and obviously setting the stage for more violence in the Capitol, down on the House floor, people were doing real work. And Republicans like Ralph Norman of South Carolina were secretly attaching riders to the 2024 appropriations bill for the Department of Labor uh, under the purview of the committee you sit on, Right labor. Uh, they attached a writer, trying to attach a writer that makes it impossible for Joe Biden to crack down on junk fees charged by banks, lenders, hotels, airlines, concert promoters. Here is Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Mr. Speaker, my amendment would prohibit funding from being used to carry out the actions described in Biden's October 31st 
fact sheet regarding cracking down on so-called junk fees that we've heard a lot of tonight. Uh, specifically, this amendment will prevent funding from being used to implement the Department of Labor's controversial effort to crack down on so-called junk fees in retirement investing that could easily result and will result in higher fees and fewer investment options for hardworking Americans. Since the beginning of the Biden administration's whole-of-government crusade against so-called junk fees, it has been clear that the president and his officials are just targeting fees and practices that go against their own objectives, preferences. preferences. Now, this is a pro-junk-free writer. Now, you can go look at Ralph Norman, who donates to him. I'm guessing uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, anybody who lends money. You do realize that if you have any money, if you have an account with a brokerage, and you leave it alone, they will junk fee you to death. And Joe Biden promised uh, to use executive orders to crack down on these junk fees that rob you and me of each, each. It's estimated that it robs Americans as much as a thousand, a couple of thousand dollars a year. And President Biden promised to get rid of these junk fees, not just for banks and brokerage houses, but online concerts. Ever try to buy tickets to see a Broadway play or Bruce Springsteen? What are these junk fees you're being charged? Sporting events, airline fees for families who want to sit together on flights, uh, the exorbitant Fees that uh, cable companies or the phone company or the, your internet services charge you if you for early termination, the inexplicable fees, take a vacation if you're lucky enough. What the F are resort fees and destination fees. And Ralph Norman, senator from South Carolina, is sneaking in a rider to a, an appropriations bill for 2024, the, the Labor, House and Health and Human Services and Department of Education Appropriations Bill, he's sneaking in a rider that prevents our president from cracking down on junk fees. Is anyone talking about junk fees today? No. No, we just got idiots watching Newsmax and Fox News going, I like Mark Wayne Mullen. He's a fighter. You know, DeSantis, he's a fighter. But they're not fighting for you. They're fighting for themselves. We're so busy talking about Mark Wayne Mullen wanting to punch the head of the Teamsters. Meanwhile, the Republicans are sneaking riders into appropriation bills that make it easier for banks, hotels, internet providers, stockbrokers to steal your money. You're going to be seeing a lot of Mark Wayne Mullen, just the same way you see a lot of Marjorie Taylor Greene. These morons who distract and they make it about themselves and we we hate them. We, be, you know, right? Most of my listeners right now, their blood is boiling. 
when I mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or this guy, Mark Wayne Mullen, they become the issue, not Republican Ralph Norman of South Carolina sneaking in writers to bills to protect the people who are stealing your money with junk fees. Don't pay attention to the junk. Pay attention to the junk fees. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Thank you for listening. Please like this so I remain in your feed. Please share this. Please, the best way to help me, other than sending me your uh, unused vials of medication, the best way to help me is to uh, share this, to tell your friends, to copy and paste the link to these episodes and send them to your friends. Uh, Email, social media, and uh, leave comments. I make mistakes. Please, uh, Chris Christie is the governor of, was the governor of New Jersey, not New York. I misspoke. I, I didn't, that everybody knows I misspoke, but a lot of people corrected me on that. Okay. Thank you to our chat room. Thank you to Bob for keeping the conversation civil. I will try to be back at 12.05 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Sometimes I get overwhelmed and I have to start late. Thank you so much. 